I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Welcome to the Rebel Wellness Podcast, where we embrace a holistic approach to personal health and empower women to break free from the noise of today's diet culture. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey to becoming healthier, stronger, and more resilient in this life. If you found this podcast, you might be somebody who is tired of feeling bombarded with unrealistic body standards and conflicting health advice and just ready to rebel against the one-size-fits-all approach to wellness. This is a great opportunity and place to create a lifestyle that truly works for you. And I want to welcome you to your new home for everything health and wellness without any of those influences. Rebel Wellness is rooted in the belief that true wellness goes beyond just diet and exercise. It's about nurturing our minds bodies, and souls in a way that aligns with our unique needs and values. So if you are new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome. And if you are a ride or die, hello again. So happy that you have returned. So this is where I'm going to share my thoughts and professional opinions and experiences on a lot of buzzword topics and uh, I guess just buzzy topics in general. And there's other things too that are kind of hilarious that I've been in the fitness industry for a decade now and stuff that is coming up on like fitness talk or fit talk, whatever they call it, and is coming back around in popularity. So there's going to be some really juicy episodes because I am so excited to share my opinions on these topics that you have sent me over the last six months from when Rebel Wellness podcast was launched. Last thing I do want to say, if you haven't seen it yet, our show notes are beefed up now. We've finally caught up and we've got them all pimped out. So they are filled with great information, including timestamps for important parts of the show, as well as different quotes that are kind of some of the faves from each episode. And the best part is any affiliate codes for some awesome discounts only from companies that I personally use or have used and that I trust. That is all for that. So We're going to kick off with one of the most buzzy (laughs) words and concepts that I have seen in this kind of body neutral dieting scene this like last several years. And that is intuitive eating. So before I get into a little bit of backstory on my personal experience with intuitive eating and what I've observed working at multiple high-end private training gyms and being in the nutrition scene as a nutritionist, etc. To describe what intuitive eating technically is, the definition, for those of you who don't know, is that intuitive eating provides flexible principles to remove focus from prescriptive dieting and numerical weight, meaning that you are focusing on the weight on the scale. And instead, intuitive eating is about listening to your body and embracing gradual progress without constantly focusing on all that rigidity. So essentially, not intuitive eating is a non-diet approach that works to heal your relationship with food and your body by cultivating trust and awareness within your body. For a little bit of history, this dieting approach or eating approach, rather, it's not a diet, was created in 1995 by two RDs, aka registered dietitians, named Evelyn Tribol and Elise Resch. And They created it on an evidence-based model, and they had about 150 different studies on the efficacy of this eating style 
to date. So until now, that is how many studies that they have done on this. So technically speaking, intuitive eating is based on 10 principles that work together to improve or remove obstacles of body awareness and essentially cultivate sustainable habits that will add to your physical and mental health. And technically speaking, there's a lot of nuance and different complexities to intuitive eating as it is, but we're not going to dive into all of that because I don't want to just kind of give you a giant case study on intuitive eating with the ins and outs, but I do want to give you kind of the basic facts, tell you what it is, what it isn't, and also um, what I've seen for like real life people, aka my clients and myself, etc. So a little bit of the background of experience that I've had in it with intuitive eating is that honestly, I wanted to follow up the macros in May series with this topic first for our hot takes. Um, because it's a, I would argue it's the place that you land after you master macros. So something that, I mean, I'm not going to like dive into my juicy opinion yet. Maybe I'll hold off on that part, but essentially intuitive eating and having a relationship with your body and food comes from understanding the food you eat. So when you are thinking of uh, if you futurely would like to be an intuitive eater or achieve some of these end goals that can come with the concepts of this, you will do amazing to take yourself slowly and concisely through that Macros in May series, all four episodes, because you're going to learn so much about food and how to understand it and track it for your own individual needs, that that will be a game changer for you for better understanding moving forward from that. Because honestly, I would say macro counting turns into intuitive eating and people who are the best at intuitive eating most definitely have probably macro counted to some extent to get to that point. When you don't understand the food you're eating and how it's going to affect you, which is what you learn from macro counting, if you don't know that, you will not be able to achieve intuitive eating and you're just going to think it's all baloney and that it doesn't make any sense. So take the time to learn and understand the food, what can, what makes up the food that you're eating and what it does to your individual body before you even consider following something like intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is not a fad diet, even though it's become more trendy. It's a paradigm shift that aligns with these principles of understanding your body and how it makes you feel and um, kind of getting in tune with the cues of your body as well. And it is not relying on just internal cues and super strictly tracking macros the rest of your life because that's what it's wanting to move away from. And that's also what I was encouraging you towards the end of that macro series is that you honestly just follow macro counting either for a short four week internal growth method where you're trying to see what have you currently been eating like and how can you adjust it to fit your goals or for better health in general, or for a very specific deficit. Like if you really want to diet, macro counting will do an amazing job of helping you get there, maintain muscle, lose body fat, much better than honestly a lot of other dieting methods. Um, it is mentally exhausting though. I have several clients that are finishing their specific deficits that are, I have most of them on 12 weeks. Some of them we do 10 weeks, 
but you should really not be exceeding 15 weeks, honestly, of dieting. That's way too long. Your metabolism is going to just be like completely crashed out. Your brain's going to be crashed out. So macro counting should only be for short term, and then it can transition you into things like this. So I just wanted to reiterate that concept because a lot of people think that intuitive eating is just relying on internal cues and or constantly tracking macros or calories, you know, things like that. And that is definitely not it. So intuitive eating is not that because it's not so intuitive if all you're doing is tracking your macros all the time. And it's also not intuitive if you're just like starving yourself. Like there's a lot of people who take intuitive eating and be like, I'm just going to eat when I feel hungry. But that's also a little bit of a faulty method because a lot of times people don't have really stoked metabolisms. So they don't wake up with hunger in the morning. They may not be hungry at different points in the day. They might completely skip lunch. Um, you know, especially if you have a busy lifestyle, busy uh, with school, with uh, work, etc. children, you probably have fallen prey to completely skipping meals because you were so busy, you didn't even realize. So intuitive eating is bad. Uh, if you were to just follow internal cues. So that is not what intuitive eating is either. So what are some of the positives of intuitive eating as a whole? So intuitive eating can acknowledge that you're an individual, which I do like a lot because that is the um, eating style that I honestly teach as well, not specifically intuitive eating, but it's intuitive eating adjacent, I would say. I just don't call it that specifically. And so what that means is that it helps you understand yourself as an individual and how your body is going to be and kind to uh, being kind to yourself and knowing that like not everything is going to be a perfect fit, that you have to kind of play with things and mess, mess around with like uh, what foods you eat, how much you work out, do you eat more or less because you did more exercise that day? Or where are you on your cycle? You know, all that stuff is very important and individual. And a lot of rigid diets don't make room for that. So that is something that a lot of people like about intuitive eating is it allows you to um, be recognized as an individual um, because since it is an eating style, not really a diet. Um, it also leaves room for your needs to change over time. So we do have to understand that our body needs when we were in high school is so different from when we are 35 and is so different from when we're 45 and on. That's something that I would really like a lot of my, especially females listening to really hear and not just listen. You have to like completely understand that that is really important to know that you are no longer your high school self. You're never going to be that person again. And I know that so many people, including our parents and so forth, have always had that phrase of like, I fit in my high school jeans again and all that BS. And honestly, it really frustrates me because um, especially as I got older and <laughs> I actually got a compliment one time from uh, just a buddy I worked with um, who was not creepy at all. But he uh, made a comment where he was just like, I like the fact that you hold yourself as a woman and have a womanly physique. You don't look like all these uh, high school girls that don't have curves. And it made me realize, like it was a nice compliment, whatever. Maybe it was slightly creepy. Who knows? It wasn't creepy to me just because I knew him. Like it was one of those things where it was like a, a very casual conversation with a friend that I was a friend with for a while. And 
Um, it made me realize that a lot of us think that high school physique was our peak physique for some reason. And in reality, even if you were smaller and lighter, you didn't have boobs yet. You didn't have hips yet. You didn't have a butt yet. You had zero basically womanly physique, aka body fat patterning that happens when you get more solid hormones, sex hormones circulating in your body. And so I don't, I, it made me reject entirely ever since then. Um, when I'd get these clients kind of with that stereotypical, I really like to fit in my high school jeans again. I'd really like to be back at my high school weight. And it's just sad because um, I've just met so many people that are just obsessed with being 125 pounds again, 135 pounds again, all these kind of things that are like, well, you could be that again if you wanted to look like a prepubescent teen again. And I don't think you really want to look like that, you know? So that's my little uh, olive branch to you to pass to yourself if you are one of those people who's obsessed with your high school weight or your high school appearance, whatever. High school was not your peak, okay? That's just a fact. Even if you felt like you peaked in high school, it wasn't your peak. There's so much more moving forward, so much more that you've already experienced that are, is way more valuable or equally valuable to that. So please stop trying to reverse or focus on things in the past. You can only move forward. Coming back to it, <laughs> intuitive eating is making you focus a little bit more on being attuned to your body and how foods make you feel. So this is again, adjacent to like my version of macro counting and um, you're going to eat when you're hungry and when uh, you're satiated and such, you're going to stop. So again, that kind of comes with being in tune with your body, but it also is a eating style that helps you kind of acknowledge that some body types are going to benefit from certain foods and some will not for others. So it also, I guess that, that kind of um, goes more into the side of like food sensitivities and allergies. So if you have found that you don't do well with gluten, for example, you will be more in tune with that with intuitive eating and you'll just remove that from your diet. Similar again, can go with macro counting. Um, and then you're also going to have the benefit of um, breaking that vicious cycle of weight fluctuations, like constantly gaining, losing, gaining, losing. It's actually really unhealthy for the body to go through periods of gaining lots of weight, losing lots of weight and gaining it back. It's um, exhausting on your organs, actually, in a way that's negative to where they've actually done some studies lately. And I'm honestly not sure how they ran those studies and tested on it. But essentially, if you do that too frequently, if you yo-yo diet and yo-yo in your weight too much, you actually are cutting years off your life because of the stress that you are putting on your organs as they have to like grow and shrink as your body constantly grows and shrink shrinks because our body really craves homeostasis. And that means not fluctuating in weight more than five to 10 pounds over several years. So honestly, a big goal that I have for a lot of my clients and including myself, um, which I've actually fortunately been able to achieve myself for myself in the last like seven years or so is literally only fluctuating three to five pounds over an entire year. That is something that is really important. And I would encourage you to get to a point where you find a weight and physique that, um, I don't love like the weight side, but weight is how you can kind of gauge, um, 
fluctuations. It's all data, you know what I mean? But if you can find some way to kind of track consistency for yourself and maintain that homeostasis, that physique for five years at least, that's a big win. So you shouldn't constantly feel like you need to gain or lose 10 pounds, gain or lose 30 pounds every other year, because that means that you're kind of in a state of chaos and our bodies just don't like that. So I hope that all makes sense and that you get a little bit better understanding that you should probably not be fluctuating more than 10 pounds every year. So some of the negatives of intuitive eating is that it can honestly take some time to tune into your body and get the balance right. So learning your cues, learning what your body needs, all that kind of stuff might take a little bit longer in the long run, but it'll like, again, not take as long if you go through the little process of at least four weeks of following macros and seeing how your body does. But I will say that if you do get to take the time to learn that, it won't be as long to tune into your body. But it can be a negative side um, to intuitive eating because it's not super fast and easy to follow, which honestly, I get that. I get that a lot of people want to just follow a diet because they don't want to think. They just want to, to follow something. I have a lot of clients that just want me to tell them what to do, and that's why I work with them. Uh, they want me to kick their butt, <laughs> show up, hold them accountable, etc. Totally fine. As for dieting, though, for nutrition, I am not a big fan of that mentality, like just follow somebody's eating plan. I don't make eating plans. Um, Anybody will tell you if they ask me for an eating plan, I tell them, no, I'm sorry. I wasted my time doing that in my early career um, because it's just not realistic and it's honestly not healthy. And frankly, I, I mean, you just, it's not in my scope either. But at the same time, it's just important to know that you will constantly be in a flux state with your weight and your uh, relationship to self if you don't take the time to fully understand and learn food because food is either your medicine or your poison but it's the only thing that is contributing in combination with water to you being alive literally you cannot live without food and water So if you're not consuming anything, your health is gone, right? So, but how much you're consuming and what you're consuming immediately and definitely affects your physical health and your mental health, et cetera. These are facts. We do know it. And it would make sense that whatever you consume is going to communicate to your body and communicate to you if you're doing it right or wrong. So if you're somebody who has been eating a lot of Taco Bell, a lot of cheesy fries, a lot of burgers, a lot of ice cream, and you feel like crap and you feel anxious and depressed. That's literally your body telling you like, yo, you're not feeding me. I'm not nourished. I'm in an inflammatory state probably. And I am just going to like make you in this crap mood until you realize (laughs) that you're feeding me crap. And a large majority of the time, a lot of people that I meet who are struggling with this brain fog and this kind of um, anxious roller coaster, et cetera, they don't take the time to really work on prioritizing and understanding the foods they eat. So if this is you or if this is somebody you know, encourage, I encourage you or encourage them to really consider looking into learning how to love nourishing your body properly and know that it is an extension of self-love to yourself because you are showing that you actually care about its physical and mental health. 
So that's important to understand. But don't just default to some sort of book that's telling you how to eat or some sort of crazy group online, some crazy Facebook group that's like, we only eat sweet potatoes. And, you know, just because it's easy to follow and you feel like you belong. I mean, that's human nature to try to belong in something, but just be your healthiest self and take back the reins for your health overall is to understand the food you eat for you, understand how that food affects your body. And that is where intuitive eating can be helpful. True intuitive eating, not the buzzy kind of dieting version that we see online. And where this can kind of also go wrong though, like one of the other negatives with intuitive eating is that um, because we have so many engineered foods nowadays, like so think Doritos, think French fries, think uh, Beyond Burger, you know, so many things are engineered these days that are absolutely unnatural for our body. But because of that, it's been engineered to be hyper palatable and that fools our bodies into thinking that we're hungry when we are not. So it's a lot of honestly popular American foods um, that are made to be addictive so that you keep buying more. So anything with a nice combination of salt, sugar, fats, and then other artificial flavors. Um, They are very low nutrient, uh, so they don't have hardly any nourishment involved. And they can completely throw off your intuitive eating efforts because um, they're going to adjust your insulin response. They're going to adjust your leptin and your ghrelin, which are your hunger and your satiation hormones. We don't want that. And especially as females, we're a lot more susceptible to that. So highly, 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 highly recommend You try to go, I mean, honestly, cold turkey on certain engineered processed foods that you consume a little too regularly and regularly can even be once a week. Like that is very frequent. And what I would kind of encourage you to think about too, is that a lot of people think like, oh, well, there's no way I can get rid of those. Well, for many decades before this, we didn't even have those foods available. So if those people lived just fine without these addictive junk food items, I would encourage you to consider doing the same for yourself and just removing it back out. Like just because they're around doesn't mean that you should just consume them and that it's a a punishment to have them removed. And if you feel that way, like that's a good way to understand that you're addicted and that you have succumbed to the engineered foods goal. And that's not to shame you or make you feel bad. It's more for awareness because it's really important to be aware of your vices. A common vice that we have nowadays that a lot of us aren't aware of the hold it has on us is alcohol. Um, We consume it, especially as females. Like I think post-pandemic, the consumption of alcohol for females went up like 70%, like an insane amount. They have a lot of statistics that they pulled off of it. And I totally get why it happened, but it's crazy now because we have this massive amount of females consuming alcohol more than ever before and their detrimental effects on the health, especially given the quality of the drinks we're having, the high sugar content that we don't even realize is in our pina colada, you know, various things like that. And um, that's just something that contributes to like not realizing that these foods are literally a version of poison to our body. I mean, alcohol is literally a poison to our body. That is why we get buzzed and we have slower brain function, etc. But for engineered foods, um, they don't have any positives besides the mouth uh, experience (laughs) and it's fleeting and addicting. So 
I, I know that it makes me so less uh, attractive to you probably just to talk about giving up some of your junk food items that you love. But I really would encourage you if you are tired of feeling and looking the way you do, think about removing these vices that like truly aren't benefiting you. And it doesn't have to be in a way that you feel miserable and that you miss it all the time because they always say, oh, well, you're going to obsess over stuff that you took away, perhaps. But at the same time, find ways to cook your food better. Like you can create those same exact uh, parties in your mouth through salt, fat, acid, heat in your actual food that you cook and salt enough. That's another thing. When you're cooking at home, the sodium content of everything that we cook at home is way less. Our sea salt and kosher salt, etc., tastes saltier to the tongue when it's made at home versus salt that's hidden hidden in things like ramen noodles. Um, so ramen noodles will have a crazy amount of sodium in them. You fully salt a steak and some green beans and whatever, and it I, it's going to be like a fifth of the amount of sodium because it's made at home and with salt that tastes saltier than its actual sodium content. So do know that a lot of things can just taste better, but you just have to learn how to properly season stuff and take the time to find other foods that are natural and whole that fill you up and make you satiated and get you out of this like addiction cycle. And again, just to finish that whole chat out, do know it's not your fault that you're addicted to it. It's literally engineered to make you addicted. So don't feel any guilt or shame if you do around being the addicted to it. If you're somebody who's been addicted to it for a really long time, or if you're somebody who's just recently dabbled in it, like sodas, chips, candy, etc., um, that it's literally made to make you addicted. And there's a certain percentage of people out there who have that predisposition to be more wire wired to addictive food sensations um, since they do get that dopamine release when they're consuming certain processed foods. So I just want to make sure that you know that's clear this whole time that I'm talking about this. I'm not wanting you to ever feel bad about uh, being somebody who frequents those food items because that's literally how it's made to make you feel. <laughs> and the last kind of con, I guess, of intuitive eating is that some people do just prefer more structure. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the same thing as what I was just talking about with the fact that it's not like rigid diets. Um, but at the same time, having an open-ended eating method is a, it means that you're a master over your own body. So if you can't if you have to follow something that is really um, rigid and laid out for you, again, you're removing any personal responsibility you have over understanding the food you eat. And that becomes a dangerous cycle because, again, you fall off of it and you go back to eating whatever comfort food for a bit and then you follow another rigid diet you're just going to be doing that yo-yo thing, which is not good for your body, not good for your metabolism, confusing for your mental health and your physical health. And um, needing that much structure is just not naturally healthy in the first place. So I will say that if you're somebody who doesn't like the fact that intuitive eating is kind of open-ended, you're probably in that category where... Um, finding the balance between taking something that is open-ended and creating structure around it is a better methodology <laughs> than just trying to be like, eh, I'm just going to follow the diet book. So an example of that might be taking your whole week, finding out what foods and eating style, like what times a day and what size of portions 
work for you, and then just planning your entire week around those meals. So making all your overnight oats, making all of your pre-made lunches, and making sure you have a dinner plan with your partner or by yourself, and you kind of just follow along that. But you're still staying intuitive with eating what you know is good for your body, makes you feel good, at what time is good for you, etc. But you're having a little bit more um, structure around that that uh, eating style so that you kind of know what you're trying to do and why. So that would be my suggestion for somebody who feels that like an open-ended diet is too confusing to them. Okay, so for this part, I just want to go over a little bit of kind of the criticisms that you might get when you hear different people talking about it or things that um, people will talk about in the way that you should criticize it. Um, and so we'll start with this one. Intuitive eating is, um, is good for weight loss. No, it's not. It is not a tool for weight loss. It's an eating style. So similar to intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting itself is not necessarily good for weight loss. Um, managing your calories is, and that happens with intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is literally eating windows that you eat in. You can follow any diet in it, including how many calories you consume every day, but it itself is not a diet because especially for people like me and several of my other clients who have followed intermittent fasting before, um, for those of us who weight lift, burn a lot of calories, have a lot of lean muscle and need consistent amounts of calories, like at least 1,850 calories a day if we're trying to lose some fat. There's just, it's nearly impossible to eat healthy whole foods at that amount of calories in only an eight hour window. So I was constantly under eating my calories, not because I wanted to, but because I just literally couldn't have enough uh, hunger in that eight hour window to eat all the food I needed to eat. So it ended up stalling my progress and stalling my uh, entire goals. And I actually even didn't specifically lose any weight with it, um, even though I was following a deficit. So do know, same thing goes for intuitive eating. It's very hard to utilize it as a diet for, for weight loss or fat loss, because you're not really quite certain if you're in a deficit or not. And you shouldn't be <laughs> in the position where you're starving yourself the whole time to get into a deficit or to know, quote unquote, intuitively that you're in a deficit. So make sure that you understand that if you're going to try to follow something like intuitive eating, you're not following it uh, with the expectations of being in a deficit of calories. You want to be aiming for maintenance and maintenance is exactly where you want to land. If you're somebody who's ready to just stay within the five pounds up or down from where you're at, whether that's body fat, ideally, um, or muscle, because I mean, life is going to change over the years. You're not always going to be able to weight lift all the time or not always be able to do different things with your lifestyle or your physique goals, etc. So if you can stay in that nice, happy homeostasis zone, you will probably be following maintenance calories because maintenance literally means you're maintaining the body that you have right now. So I also think it's important to note that like anybody who's faced an eating disorder in the past, you either, it could go two ways for you with intuitive eating. The principles of intuitive eating are kind of based on being uh, welcoming to people who are recovering from eating disordered thinking. This is because everything is simply kind of a guideline and it's teaching you to be in tune with your body and the food choices you make, etc. However, 
what ends up happening a lot and where the buzzy talk on social medias go wrong is where people make too many rules around it. So they try to make things like back into that kind of structured linear way when in reality it's more of kind of like a free flowing squiggle. So I would always say if you're somebody who has struggled with serious eating disorders in the past that you consult a professional food psychologist, eating disorders specialty psychologist, a nutritionist, dietitian before you kind of uh, dive into any sort of eating pattern. But if you are somebody who's trying to perfect and get better through your eating disorder, you really should consider a professional group or some group coaching or one-on-one coaching to help you kind of unwrite a lot of narratives that are probably negatively burned in your brain. But the good news is we have the amazing feature in our brain called neuroplasticity where we get to change those pathways, but you need guidance, repetition, etc. So um, again, if you're somebody listening right now who's who can't break out of eating disordered thinking, whether or not you've been diagnosed with an eating disorder, if you're somebody who is constantly labeling foods as good or bad, feeling extreme emotions around food choices you make, extreme binging uh, that you are kind of not able to control, um, I highly recommend some sort of eating disorder therapy. Um, And again, it's great sometimes to just kind of explore and meet some people that have the same struggles as you. And that can be really empowering, helpful, especially as you navigate the world of any type of eating style, um, especially intuitive eating. Okay, so kind of going back to what I was talking about before as well, um, some of the ways people present intuitive eating that I've experienced and been around and even a colleague of mine was giving a talk on it. And the things that get lost in translation are just that a lot of people still in, interpret it as if it is strictly the name. So maybe the name does a little disservice to it, but they'll say um, it's working towards being intuitive with how your hunger cues are and what foods are good for it. And again, like I said before, The people who say that or who have success with it have actually typically followed macro counting in the past before that. I mean, you'll hear a lot of people say it after they've done bodybuilding shows or things like that. There's a lot of trainers out there who become in the health industry due to the fact that they did what they consider is a health thing by bodybuilding shows. I will let you know that bodybuilding is not a healthy sport. I don't recommend it for anyone. Uh, We will be talking about that for my full hot take on bodybuilding, which I'm sure is going to be spicy. So stay tuned on that one. But most people who teach quote unquote, or uh, promote intuitive eating that they follow it themselves is really just that they became in tune with what their body needs after doing really strict and not my favorite type of macro counting in order to really specifically manipulate their body composition by adding a lot of lean muscle specifically, as well as losing a certain body body fat percentage to get them stage ready. So they learned exactly what their body needed to bulk, aka gain. So they experienced how big of portions that takes, what like what it should feel like, etc. And then they've also learned what it feels like to strictly diet in a deficit and um, what those portions look like and how it feels to feel hungry, to be to know that you're in a deficit, etc. So passively they're building a lot of intuitivity for 
food, and then they transition it in from macro counting, that is, and then they transition it into intuitive eating. And then they just say, I just follow intuitive eating. And I was like, well, technically, you're just doing kind of secret macro counting, because you've passively become a professional at understanding food and how it affects your body and your body composition. Because that's exactly where I've landed at this point, I didn't do any bodybuilding competitions, heck no. But I have dieted myself down really far in a deficit, and especially in the past when it was not smart, as well as gone through a surplus and now three years or four years now going on maintenance consistently. And it has really become like intuitive eating adjacent. So I will say that something that I see a lot of people get confused with that I've heard all over Instagram and like TikTok, etc., is that you just kind of happenstance end up at this place of intuitive eating. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you spent a lot of time learning how to eat food uh, when you spent two to five years doing like fitness competitions or sports, you know, there's professional athletes, you know, they also learn what their body needs, etc. So do not be fooled. Um, a good amount of people who just claim that intuitive eating is just something that happened upon it. <laughs> a person is just, it's not, it's a lie. But overall, it's just important to know that intuitive eating is all about internal regulation, self-care, inclusivity, body respect, and coping skills. So it kind of makes your personal nutrition and your health accessible to anybody. But again, I just want to make it known that some people may not necessarily find a lot of these principles as accessible to them if they're in a situation with um, food insecurity, past trauma around food, uh, eating disorders, a health condition where you're not able to connect with your internal cues at all, especially probably don't follow intuitive eating specifically if you're like pregnant and have morning sickness. And anybody who's kind of got specific religiously related dietary restrictions because that can also make things challenging for practicing intuitive eating. And my kind of final thought overall is that overall, I would say intuitive eating is great to be made popular right now. I do like the fact that a lot of its principles, when it comes down to its true self, not these kind of um, altered versions of it, um, it is something that can truly help you break free from diet culture in general, which, you know, as you know from the intro, is one of my main missions and in the health world. But it can also help you feel more in control with your health and nourishment overall. It's really important to know that it's not something you're going to be stuck with forever as far as dieting culture goes. So do know that at any point you can choose to stop dieting. <laughs> at any point you can stop obsessing over all the food you eat and feeling like you are just chained to some appearance-driven diet-obsessed culture that we have these days. And that's simply a choice. Everything that we do in life uh, generally is a choice we make every day, every morning when we wake up. So how do you stop that, Kales? That's probably what you're thinking. First off, learn the foods you're eating and why. Find out what feels good to you. Then once you're finally eating again, observe your thoughts that you have and notice when something comes in where you're like, oh, I just can't eat that donut. Like, I don't know why 
but I can't eat that donut or I'm going to get fat if I eat that donut or that donut's too indulgent, you know, and donuts probably not the best example right now, but I'm just talking about like a thought that a lot of us will have that too. Its core is a dieting thought process. Um, It's just a donut. It's just a food item. It's literally carbs and fat combined. And again, sugar, salt to make that yummy mouth party. And that's why it's addicting. And that's why we kind of worry about overconsuming it. So that's absolutely fair. And if you're being intuitive with your eating, you're not going to eat it because of that. But for this metaphor, you do know that it's just a donut and you're not going up. Like I tell my clients this all the time. You're not going up on the stage to stand there in a bikini and be judged. You're not going to do that in the next week, month, year, ever, perhaps ever, hopefully ever. And that should mean that you don't need to concern yourself every single day obsessively about one little food choice um, that has been taught to you as being bad. You know, same goes for good. Some people overdo it when they're just constantly doing too many green juices or too much tofu, you know, different things like that can also be negative, even if we think they're positive for our health and we can just be um, on the opposite end of the pendulum, I would say with it. Just know that you can find the balance for yourself with things like intuitive eating and the concepts of it, at least. But you don't need to be shackled to every day worrying about if you ate too much and stuff like that. You can just train yourself through monitoring and being mindful of your thoughts and helping kind of cancel them out when they pop into your head and start believing that, oh, you didn't earn that today or you're going to have to burn this off. You know, all that stuff is like horrible to think that it's it completely takes over a lot of our minds every day for what? Because every human was born to live and eat. And now we're so appearance driven that we literally can't get out of this freaking hamster wheel. And it is just absolutely disappointing. So intuitive eating, highly recommend it if you're ready to find another way to get away from and out of diet culture and everything I just described. So my overall hot take on intuitive eating is that if you are actually wanting to move away from any type of dieting for the rest of your life, go ahead and check out the principles, the 10 principles that those two ladies put together. Um, I believe, I mean, there's a lot of resources out there and I do believe they have a book. Go check it out. See if it works for you. Learn about it. Intuitive eating can be a fantastic, uh, popular thing to embrace and explore to see if it can help you kind of expand your experience and viewpoints of your own individual health. But do remember, it is not just being intuitive when to eat and what to eat because that is all baloney and taking the face value of the name of a diet can be really misleading. So do know that intuitive eating is not that. So if people are acting like, I just knew my body wanted an avocado, um, I mean, part of that could be intuitive eating, but if that's like them saying, that's all my body wanted to eat. Yeah, that's not eating enough food and that's definitely not intuitive eating. So um, yeah, figure it out for yourself uh, through following their book if you want to explore that deeper. All right, Rebel, that's it for today's episode. So don't forget to 
share your experience if this uh, episode spoke to you and was helpful. I know it's kind of a big conversation for a single topic, but it's just been a very popular buzz, buzz phrase or buzz concept that I really wanted to share my hot take on for this hot take summer. So make sure that you celebrate your strength and nourishment, walk with confidence, and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, we have some exciting news for you. We've recently launched an Instagram page for the Rebel Wellness podcast, where we'll be sharing inspiring quotes from every episode, behind the scenes moments, and updates about upcoming episodes. So be sure to follow us at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram to stay connected with our community. And it's growing, so I'm really excited about it. That's not all, though. I also want to introduce you to at Coach by Kales, which is my flagship fitness and wellness coaching business, as I am so passionate about empowering individuals like you to live their healthiest and most enjoyable lives. So if you would love to join me there as well, follow my page for daily inspiration, fitness tips, nutrition tips, sometimes even healthy recipes as well as debunking more myths around the health and fitness industry in general. By following both pages, you'll be joining a community of like-minded individuals who are all committed to living their best lives as well. So don't hesitate, hit that follow button and join us on this journey to wellness. Again, thank you for listening and I hope to catch you on the gram.